Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you're easily offended, this show may not be for you. But if you're into that weird fun sh- you've come to the right place. You've been warned. <laughs> Are you there? Chris, I'm the believer. <laughs> I'm Cody. I'm the skeptic. <laughs> okay, stories. Let's get into it. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. The podcast for two idiots debate word phenomenon. I'm Chris. I'm the believer. I'm Cody. I'm the skeptic. And if this is your first time listening to us, this is an LGBTQ paranormal comedy podcast. And this is um, a, full a less comedic <laughs> full episode. You can hear like even our hello was like tentative. Because this is oh. topic. I had talked about it a long time ago. I had not suggested it technically, but last week you're like, let's do this Let's one. do it. Well, so, okay. <laughs> I think I'm, we can go ahead and say, like, we're talking about the dark web. Well, yeah. I mean, we just mentioned it in passing before, but it's something that's always fascinated me. Yeah. But at the same time, something I would never mess with, you know, so stories of the dark web or the deep web, yeah. which there is a difference. There so. is a difference. And Chris is going to highlight that yeah. in his history. But so um, I don't know if everyone knows, but I actually have computer science and math degrees. And so I basically work on the web like nerd. as a developer for, you know, um, a second living mm-hmm. nerd. And so that's why I'm like, well, this, you know, having this and you'll talk about this, the, the tour browser and everything is like really yeah. fascinating from a technology perspective but then you know like for fun we'll watch these kind of list videos where people talk about the 10 scariest, scariest this stories, or that yeah. and people were talking about this but i think the thing is is that some of the stories weren't long enough to maybe make something you know for our episode and so it was hard to find stories and the ones that we found were awful oh my god this episode is so graphic <laughs> And oh yeah, trigger warning. By the way, <laughs> so. Yeah, so this is this episode has a first for me. There is actually um, a story that is, and it's people want to look it up. I mentioned it's like the Daisy something story, yeah. and um, it's the first story ever where there was plenty of information. It was actually rumored to not be true, like it was a hoax, and then mm-hmm. they actually proved it. So it would have been a good debunk. I couldn't do it. Like it's the first story ever that I read it, and it was so graphic. That I was like, I can't, I cannot talk about this. I just can't do it. Even more graphic than my Minnesota from last week. It was, I'll just, the topic was child trafficking and rape. Oh, okay. That's all you got to say. And it was ick. Yeah. And so that's where I was like, this is a story I can't do. So 
Oh, this is this is going to be something. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So it is, and I actually so my second story it is it turns out to be a little bit lighter, and so yeah. I am happy for that. My second story is we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it seems boring, but whatever. We'll see. Um, <laughs> wow, everyone, get ready to tune out. Yeah. Oh, so should we do drinks? Sure. Me or you first. Oh, God. We have to do the best for last, so I'll go first. Okay. Okay. What terrible thing did you get? (laughs) This is my rationalization. So I actually was like, you know what? I'm going to go to a better store um, and get something better for this. So you went from Circle K to QT? That's exactly what I did. Oh, (laughs) my God. Because the one on the highway has a bigger selection. (laughs) I still got red just now. But I go in, and there was a guy doing this machine on the floor right in front of the alcohol. And so I wanted to do my thing where I spent a little time going from beer to beer and stuff. But he was just standing there waiting for me. And so I finally just had to grab something because I was like, I felt bad. But it is very true. So I ended up getting just like a cider. Mm-hmm. But it is a Red's Wicked Black Cherry. Okay. And Wicked is written in huge letters because, y'all, this fucking shit is <laughs> wicked. The people in the dark web, some of these people are awful. So, Awful people. Before we get into history, have you ever been on the dark web or the deep web? Have no. you had to for? I mean, I'll well, actually, I'll tell you, it'll come in my believer, but we all sure. have. But there's there's some reason behind that. Oh, so. really? Oh, mm-hmm. no. So like, if you're talking about consciously or doing it on purpose, yeah. Um, I this is what's so weird about me being so involved in the web is that I don't know how to I, use the internet. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I'm still an internet explorer, 3.0, and Netscape, AIM. <laughs> I'm on AIM. <laughs> My AOL CDs um, are almost here. <laughs> I I really have heard about this. I thought it was just an urban legend or a joke because every time I heard it, it was in the context of you can buy a kidney on the dark web. <laughs> and so I thought that this was a joke until we started talking about it. So it's pretty recent where I was like, wait, this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm, I'm old webby, new dark webby. <laughs> so what then- about you? Um, no, I've never, not intentionally. And uh, like I said, I'll get that too. When, when I get to my believer, okay, you'll understand it. why. So since we are talking about the web, I decided to make, it's called a citrus spider. <laughs> and it's got. And in it is a uh, grapefruit soda, uh, lime and mint muddled with a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Yum. Yeah. Do you know why I'm making this face? What? Do you know what I was going to bring? What? I was legit 100%. I just forgot because I had all the ingredients at home. I was going to make a grasshopper because <laughs> grasshoppers get caught in spider webs mm-hmm. and they're the victims. Ugh. And could you imagine if you had done a citrus spider and then I had the grasshopper? Yeah. Oh, that would have been so good. I, side note, grasshoppers are like gross me out because let me tell you why. In Wait, the drink or the bug? No, it, the, the drink. In high school, my friend's parents were out of town. So we stayed at his house and raided his uh, parents' liquor cabinet. So you put cream de menthe. Yep. And then what else? Um, like you can do like cream de cacao or or just like Godiva chocolate liqueur. Yeah. So he put cream de menthe, the the cacao, and then Everclear. Oh fuck that! <laughs> so I puked green for. <laughs> oh yeah. God, you still are. Yeah. So that's uh, why I don't like grasshoppers. Oh. Uh, so I honestly thought history would be difficult uh, for me on this one, but I learned a lot, and hopefully you will too. Yay! Uh, first of all, like what we 
go on every day, like Google and all that, is called the clear web. Mm-hmm. Underneath that is the deep web, which is just kind of the lighter, light, lighter quote. I put quotes around that of stuff. And then the dark web is where the really scary, weird shit happens. Yeah. So, uh, and if any, if ever I get any of this wrong, correct me, but I went through a pretty legitimate source here. So wikipedia so no for me i actually thought the dark web was uh dark dark and deep web were fairly newish discovery but it goes back a lot further than i originally thought the 1800s the beginnings of the dark web began in the 1960s wow uh, as the advanced research projects agency network or arpanet an anonymous online communication network Mm. arpanet was very experimental in those days and was actually a precursor to the internet Okay, cool. So ARPANET began as a uh, means of long-distance communication in academia, academia, but the military found that it was also very useful to them, and so it became part of the United States Department of Defense. Cool. ARPANET was used uh, a lot by researchers as well as in uh, order to perform experiment, experiments. Like experiments on people or just technology like experiments? Te- yeah, te- okay. technological experiments. Um, one of these successful experiments was a commercial transaction between Stanford University and MIT. Oh, wow. Yeah. Due to the government having a strong hold on ARPANET in the early eight, uh, 1980s, it was split into two parts, MILNET for the military mm-hmm. and ARPANET for the non-military users. This non-military extension is what eventually became the internet, which came uh, about around 1983, only to be publicly released in the 90s to us. Yeah, well, well we're the public, right? <laughs> and, and, yeah, <laughs> to us. So it was in August of 1991 that the internet became a public entity, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in those early days, people started to illegally steal music uh, through such places as Napster. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty. Uh, when people began to figure out that uh, they could illegally pirate music, they started to figure out how to do other illegal things as well. Sure. Because as we know, the internet was a place uh, where you could get whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. Yeah, and you can remain relatively anonymous or anonymous in, if you're in good the enough. dark and the deep web, yeah, yeah. absolutely, so... So along with this, a, a, a Tor, a private internet browsing network, uh, which would eventually be the entry point of the dark and deep web, uh, was in its very early stages at that time. After Tor, um, in the 2000s, a free software called Freenet was released. This software allows users to share files, browse, and publish, quote, free sites anonymously. Along with Freenet, another software called I2P came out with similar capabilities. Of these three, Tor was the biggest contributor to the creation of what we know now as the deep and dark web. After being in development for two years, Tor was released in 2002. Uh, The software would allow users to browse the internet freely and anonymously, which of course led to some pretty shady shit. Yeah, that's really because it's not like the dark web itself, like getting the Tor browser and just using it. That's not illegal. Yeah, so at the time of its release, Tor was the best way that users could have private internet access without the government seeing and also a means of access to, again, almost anything that you wanted. Tor was intentionally a free and open software so it could be accessed very easy and it would rely on a decentralized network for maximum security. Absolutely. Tor's creators started to develop a way for the network to avoid or get around government firewalls, meaning users couldn't access government-restricted websites. Oh, holy shit. Oh, so it was like almost enabling hacking. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. If it sounds complicated, it is because Tor is something that is more easily accessed to those uh, super tech-savvy people, unlike me. Although in 2008, a new Tor browser was in development to make it a bit easier to access and use. And with such easy accessibility and usage, this meant the dark web and the deep web began to rise. Those websites were being formed uh, so those who lived under government oppression had a way in which to, uh, in a sense, protest censorship in their own way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it actually kind of had a positive or... There okay. were some good things that came from it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So. 
So if people are using the uh, deeper and uh, dark web and want to purchase something, there had to be a way in which to complete monetary transactions. Mm -hmm. This is how we got cryptocurrency, yeah. a type of digital currency that would allow anonymous transactions. There had been other attempts to produce cryptocurrency before, but it wasn't until 2009 when Bitcoin came about that it really stuck around. You know, uh, What was special about Bitcoin uh, than previous versions were uh, that previous versions were unable to do was that through its accounting ledger, reproducing currency was not able to be done. Some, uh, somewhere in between all that came uh, the Silk Road, a marketplace on the dark web, which made the buying and selling of illegal things uh, become very easy. And like I was telling you earlier, it looked very much like Amazon or eBay, and you can just go on there and click. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And so so you're, you basically go on um, this Amazon website. I was going to try to think of a fun name for it, but <laughs> Silk Road. I was just like, Gameazon, like yeah. G-A-Y, but that's stupid. So... Does you have thing like things you could buy on there? Yeah, like drugs or guns or you know things like that. So people were selling weapons. Like, what about body parts? I don't. I don't know. I didn't go into get into that, but I'm sure somewhere you could wow. find it. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew like people like drugs was a big thing. So oh yeah, people would go on and just look for cocaine or the, whatever. Well, the sad thing too is the way our healthcare system is. People are buying le like drugs oh, that they need, like insulin. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Th thanks government mm. uh, anyways <laughs> it, in 2011 there was a blog that wrote about the silk road which of course brought it a lot of traffic and then the fbi caught on and so in 2013 they shut it down uh, since then there has been a number of websites of illegal activity that have been shut down on the web but there are still a lot out there that are just plain nightmare fuel some which we will discuss today i'm sure Wow, because I was actually going to ask, because from what I saw, it looked like maybe, like you said, the Silk Road and stuff, a lot of it was dying. If it was still a thing that was really heavily used for that, or if maybe people are finding other channels to do it. Oh, I'm sure there is. But but people are still actively on the dark web. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, it sounds crazy because, and that's why like I've never really, I guess, done it, because you have to download this browser. Mm -hmm. And then I'm guessing, because it's part of what I see, is that the websites, instead of being like a .com it's a dot, bunch of numbers and letters. Yeah, so. or I, I look at a problem was dot onion. Oh yeah, uh, uh, onion browser is another one because you peel away the layers. Peel away the layers. Ah, so maybe that's what I'm getting it confused. Mm -hmm. So okay, mega trigger warning for this first story. Oh God, for just pretty much this whole episode. The whole episode. <laughs> yeah. So the first um, story I'm going to do is on red rooms, and I put in parentheses next to it. Eek. <laughs> Yeah. So one of the most persistent stories on the dark web refers to the existence of these so-called red rooms. Mm -hmm. Now, what they are, they are live streams where viewers can supposedly see the real-time torture and killing of people. Yeah. Only fans for murder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. It's like Snuff. a – It's like Tinder except for – for when people dying and it's like a, and a lot of it they said it's the victims of like kidnappings so they're saying that when you see this trafficking or kidnapping going on it's they can end up in these red rooms yeah. now the term i didn't know this red room has been in existence for decades um, it is thought to have originated either from the 1983 videodrome horror movie um, in the form torture occurred in a painted red room and shown on live tv and the article that i read has either from this and then there's no or. <laughs> oh. So what so, movie? Um, it's called Videodrome, 1983's Videodrome. Mm, never heard of it. So now that you kind of know the basics, I'm going to share just um, a, one longer story and then a, maybe, if there's time, a short one. Okay. Um, so here's this is from Reddit, and it's um, a guy, and he said, when I was 16, 
I had a really good friend a year younger who was really into coding. I met him years earlier in a computer club in middle school, and he has been integral in me becoming tech literate over time. Anyways, it didn't take me long to download Tor and start looking up .onion links. My first couple of weeks were spent clicking around, just trying to go deeper and find different things. I was saving all the good links I could find in a note card. <laughs> um, and he didn't say what those were for him, but he said, I found various things like a dark web search engine, a hidden wiki, some conspiracy sites, lots of the usual drug stuff, porn I wanted to be nowhere near, um, and then something I'm not saying yet because it's my second story. Wahaha. Mm-hmm. The thing that made me uninstall Tor came about two and a half weeks into using it almost religiously after school. I had stumbled on a forum, probably something along the lines of Think Evil forums or some crap. Um, it was behind a wall of about four or five different forums linking deeper and deeper. Peel away the onion. Oh, shit. Yeah. So and it, was, and it got basically said it gets deeper and darker and darker and deeper the more you go. So he said, as with anything on the dark web, most of the posts were either weeks or months old. There were a few sub forms that were more active than others. However, when looking at the main page and seeing which post was the most recent, one appeared within the last hour. It was a link. And it said, Red Room going live soon. Oh, hell no. Followed by the link. Fuck that. Yeah. At this point, I was hit with a wave of emotion. Um, I was washed over with a wave of like ice frozen in my seat. There was just a looming terror of what it could mean. I had only heard a couple of things about Red Rooms before coming upon this. So at first, I was like, was he having a premonition? But can you imagine if you've heard about them and then you see a link to one and just being like, oh, fuck. Like, is this for real? I would not. I would report that. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Was it only Call the, the police. Most... This is going live. Yeah, this is done. Here's blah, 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 the onion. <laughs> Go. Only the most potent of teenage curiosity fueled my finger to click the link. Nope. What I saw is exactly what has actually been described by most accounts. Um, as such, bringing up the more gory no sleep bits is a bit hard for me to think about, let alone write. So some details will be omitted. But it was a live webcam chat room. Um, it was inside of what appeared to be abandoned house Mm -hmm. and in this abandoned house was a person sitting on a chair sobbing with a pillowcase covering their body and someone else moving around stuff and getting things ready the person moving around and doing that was the admin of the chat session and he came closer to the camera and uncovered the pillowcase and it was a woman and she jumped in terror just from that act alone of him removing the Mm -hmm. pillowcase and the woman had duct tape on her face after welcoming people to the show As the woman cried, he asked in type what the crowd wanted to see and how much they'd pay to see it. Mm. So it was one of those where this guy's making money Mm -hmm. by basically torturing people on camera. I just remember um, sitting there in sheer terror, half trying to figure out how to help this lady and and basically being half completely frozen stiff. It built until someone offered $500 to beat her with a baseball bat. Fuck that. Um, can you imagine watching that? Um, he said he, the guy said, I started crying and to be completely honest, remembering this typing, this now brings me to tears again. Her screams haunt me. So they did it. The man who paid 500, hundred um, for that asked the admin then to end her with a knife immediately Ugh. after beating her with a baseball bat. Someone had asked me then why I wasn't talking in the chat. So I guess the, there was a limited number of people and maybe mm-hmm. people were suspicious that maybe it was a cop. And he said, I pulled the plug on my computer and called my friend. Um, Call he said, the fucking police. Uh, right, I know. Right. And be like, here's a link. Please go look at this. But maybe he didn't want to get implicated somehow because he didn't, I don't know. Because I, I he's don't, on the dark web. Because he's on the dark web or he didn't do it sooner. Still. Yeah. I think they would look at what 
is happening before they would implicate him on uh, you know and that's he's also in high school he's also in high school that's true so that would be and he said that to kind of wrap the story up that a lot of his friends and stuff that he told were like this wasn't real you know this was in your head like or didn't even exist but he said that like he cried and the screams and blood that he saw were too real to fake so i'm like uh there's the second story that i have is i mean it's even more disturbing so i'm not actually just going to read it verbatim okay but it's basically kind of the reverse where I'm guessing a very, very depressed woman um, is on camera in a red room and Mm -hmm. she basically has people tell her what to do to herself Mm -hmm. because she doesn't want to live anymore. And so she basically cuts herself and hurts herself. And they said at one point her her partially gouged out eye was hanging out and then she ended up um, killing herself at the end. And that was the one where I was like, oh, my God. So that is supposedly what a red room is. And we'll learn more about whether this is true or not in debunk. Mm, that's fucked up. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And you see that stuff in movies and everything. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine. St- I would. I don't even like seeing people like those fail videos where someone's on a skateboard and they fall. Even for that, I'm like, I can't watch it. Like, no, I want to help these people. So oh. yeah. So anyway. That's awful. Now cheer us up with your first story. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> My first story has to do with something you probably wouldn't think to use. Um, or you wouldn't think to use it for a video game, but uh-huh. even better, it has one of the funniest, weirdest names ever. I'm talking about Sad Satan. I came across this a ton. Uh-huh. I didn't read a sentence, but I kept uh-huh. seeing it, and I got more and more curious because I want to <laughs> know what it is. Uh, so five years ago, some footage of the game uh, Sad Satan appeared on a YouTube channel, on a, on a channel called Obscure Horror Corner. Uh, the channel is run by an Irish YouTuber by the name of Jamie Farrell, which uh, featured weird and obscure video games. Okay. Uh, Jamie received a message from a subscriber named simply ZK with a link telling him he might be interested in the content. He, of course, ran it through all kinds of security checks to make sure it wasn't a virus or anything malicious. Uh, Jamie then downloaded this uh, from the Tor browser. Jamie said the game contained satanic imagery, had weird text blips, coded messages, Nazi photography, and other horrors. Uh He even said the game started to threaten him, so he deleted it. Uh, But before doing so, he decided to show some of the play on his YouTube channel. Oh, shit. Yeah, the game is best described as a walking simulator in which the player walks back and forth in hallways along with creepy music, dark colors, and intentionally buzzing field of vision. Uh, the game is terribly made, and according to Jamie, he says that it seems to be made this way deliberately. It seems that the horror is more psychological, resulting from changes in lighting, audio, and visual interruptions. Those interruptions were often real-life horror visuals of real-life crimes, assassinations, and sexual assault crimes. Oh, my God. Uh, so disgusting, to say the least. After appearing on Jamie's channel, uh, many people tried to decipher the meaning behind the game. Uh, apparently, there are clips of the song Stairway to Heaven throughout the game. Uh, the song was once made famous for including the phrase, there is a tool shed where he made us suffer, sad Satan, when played backwards. Yeah. In the song? Mm-hmm. And there's is this a, true? There's a clip on YouTube I'll show you in a while. Oh, holy shit. Where it plays backwards. Oh, my God. That. Yeah. Uh, now you know where the name of the, ti- the title of the na- game comes from. Yeah. So. Additionally, there is audio from Polish spy transmissions and slowed down Hitler speeches and Charles Manson monologues. In one section of the game are key cards with Unicode written on them. Although jumbled, one person is able to come up with some sense of coherency from them. Uh, they stated such things as, Good luck. I can track you. You are on my list. Kill, 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 and kill again. Sad people died. 
Holy shit. And so on. Um, that being said, there is uh, no through line or connection of and everything in the game except for the common theme of Satanism. Uh, sometime after the play went up on YouTube, someone who claimed to be ZK posted a new version of the game saying that what was on YouTube was not the true version of the game. Very few people were able to play a version because when they downloaded it, it caused all kinds of problems with running the program, viruses, and even booting up their, their computer. Oh, sure. So although those who were successful said that what, what they saw was highly disturbing, to say the least. Oh, my God. Uh, some have theorized that the game is simply viral marketing and that the clues within the game are actually a starting point for a different game altogether. What? Yeah. But no one's figured out what that is. Yeah. Like Super Mario Brothers loads, like after you play this for a little bit and you're like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, if that's a starting point, as horrific as it is, I don't yeah. know. I can't what, imagine what the, what the real is game is. Yeah. Uh, that being said, there are also theories floating around as to who really created uh, this trash. The first being the story we heard today. Jamie actually did get it from a mysterious user on the deep web. The second is that Jamie created the game himself and also perpetuated all the stories and nastiness related to the game as a sort of publicity stunt in order to bring in more subscribers. Interesting. And so he and ZK are actually the same person. Same person. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And the third, uh, Jamie created the game in order to put it on his channel, but someone else ran with the idea and created the latter quote real mm. game, you know. Unfortunately, no one knows for sure, and it all remains a mystery. Um, adding to the mystery, Sad Satan was the last uh, group of videos that were posted to Obscure Horror Corner, and J- Jamie Farrell has not been heard from since. Really? Uh, and that's the weird, awful, crazy, bizarre, and mysterious story of the game known as Sad Satan. Like, is he alive and he's just kind of gone, or no one knows? I, I didn't see anything beyond that. I okay. Mean, you know how the internet is. I think they left it intentionally as a mystery. So. Oh, sure, exactly. Because so. that's so watching or playing the game. Is it supposed to hunt, like do something, well, or is it just? I there's a lot really of could. visuals that flash, and then like audio, like almost like hallucinations. You know, and like yeah. So I'm sure people have either. God, I can see people doing something really awful in the name of this video game. Like it made them do it. Like, like Slenderman. Yeah, exactly. So for this, what I think about that is like. If you really make something that really is disturbing, like mm-hmm. a video game, that's not easy, I don't think. Like the person who made this has to have either been really... Well, that's why he said it it's intentionally looks like badly. Yeah, bad, you know? but, you, but I feel like someone's got to be really fucking smart to be able to write this that to be that disturbing. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like some... 12 year old kid just shitting something together like <laughs> yeah. it's actually for real like okay i want to watch this video yeah oh wow uh, yeah they're they're still on the channel they're the last ones that were posted on there so i kind of want to play it but i don't know i'm scared <laughs> so I, I and now i'm going to get into my second story then but i probably should point out real quick that I, something i forgot is that if you notice that first story wasn't really like paranormal and my second one isn't either. Uh, yeah, I don't think our, ours are. Because mine wasn't either. That was sad to say, and my de- second one definitely isn't. Is not, but I think that the key is this is, to me, kind of like the Croatoa episode where these are things that are either unexplained conspiracy or theory. conspiracy theories or something that or you hear legends. about. There you go. Internet the, urban legends. Yeah, you know? because both of mine, that's actually what mine are. Both of mine are, are dark web urban legends. And I think they're super interesting yeah. and to see if they're real. I feel like yours, that sad Satan, could really have paranormal or icky undertones. But So my story number two is called Hitmen for Hire. Oh, of course. <laughs> Namely, the assassination market. Yeah, And this is something that I was like, wow, this is actually in the dark web. Mm-hmm. So it says here that hitmen are one of those things that we like to pretend aren't real, but they really are. Like there are hitmen in this world. 
Now, the person who wrote the article, <laughs> talking about killing all credibility, but it says, hitmen are one of those things we like to pretend aren't real, but are, like your mother's sex life. <laughs> and I was like, well, there we go. Everyone, you can take this article very seriously. <laughs> and evidence of, of that exists on the internet. Mm-hmm. The deep web is home to numerous murder for hire sites. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that they say on the dark web that you can go to. Um, are places to actually hire hitmen, mm-hmm. you know, to kill people for you, and you can pay them because it's anonymous. Cryptocurrency, you know, is more anonymous, so it's supposed to this place where you can do it relatively safely. Um, now, <laughs> yeah. yeah, question mark? Question yeah. mark? Now, there's because that's the thing too about this being anonymous is that the people, a lot of the people on the dark web, like I'm, there were probably some brilliant hackers out there because oh, I did find stories of newbies going on the dark web and actually having like files placed on their computer. That's like, I, I see you and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And so there's some people out there, but for the assassination, there's supposedly three big sites or areas. One is called Cthulhu. One is called Unfriendly Solutions. <laughs> and the third is called Assassination Market. Cthulhu after H.P. Lovecraft. Yep. Yep. So Cthulhu and the, they call it U.S. are similar in that they both offer, quote unquote, solutions to common problems. Oh, God. <laughs> so you got a problem, yo, they'll solve it. <laughs> oh, uh, my so God. You, so you name a target, you pay in Bitcoin, and then you wait a few weeks for the accident slash suicide to happen each site offers its own benefit cthulhu provides a commission bonus of one percent of the total value of a referred friend's purchase oh my god for a friend (laughs) you make money while the other one has more wiggle room for negotiations so you can actually negotiate 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 negotiating um so you can actually negotiate the prices to to murder your teacher for failing you that is ridiculous yeah now I kind of get away from those and focus more on assass- assassination market because mm-hmm. this is the one that's super conspiracy theory and it's super weird and it has this wild kind of background and reasoning too. It's a whole different ball game, mm-hmm. and it's they said it's something kind of out uh, more like out of the twilight zone than an actual service. So yeah, so the model was first proposed by crypto anarchist Jim Bell, and have we talked about him before? It sounds super familiar. Yeah, I think you're thinking of the alien guy. That's yeah. what it's Art Bell. R O. Okay, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah. So anyway, in this Jim Bell's 1995 essay, Assassination Politics, he argued an ever-present threat of assassination could actually encourage accountability among politicians and lawmakers. Mm-hmm. Now, founded in the early days of Tor by a person going under the pseudonym Kawabataki Senjuro, the eponymous assassination market is a system, and they called it Tontine-like system. And I'm like, uh, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> but where users can pay bitcoins to a wallet um, address supporting an individual they would like to be killed. A prospective assassin can place a prediction into the wallet along with their own address should they attempt to claim the bounty. Should they succeed, the anonymous proprietor of the website having confirmed the assassination via like a website. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of this is for politicians and bigwigs. So you can see it on the web, can pay out the bounty. So I'm kind of like, well, is this clear or not? So I actually read a little more. So let me clarify what yeah, this means. I know, because means. that sounds very confusing. Yeah. This, not that I want to hire one, but that just sounds 
Like, Weird. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, Tontine? What's that? Okay, this is it's fucking Kickstarter for murder. That's what this is. It's a fucking Kickstarter. Sounds but, like a new podcast. Kickstarter, uh, Kickstarter for, murder. for murder. Hey, that's a good idea. I love that. <laughs> Copyright. Copyright. It's ours. It's ours. BSP is now Kickstarter for murder. So number one, potential victims are added to a public list of targets. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're saying, I need you to kill my third grade teacher for being mean. You basically, um, they're all added as a list of targets. And then people bid on the different ones that I think they think are the biggest target oh, until the money for one gets high enough that someone decides so that... So it's an auction for which one do you want to Yeah, go? which one, like, and, and it's the auction gets higher, so it's like, okay, now it's worth enough money where I'm going to go for this one and I'm going to try to kill this person. Jesus. Yeah, so you're starting a Kickstarter for this person and hope that the money gets enough that it actually finishes. And I'm like, oh my God. Now this sounds horrific, but this um, creator actually thinks it's a good thing. And he wanted it to be purely political. Like, he actually talked about this, this um, Sanjuro guy. Mm-hmm. He believes that if assassination market can persist and gain enough users, it'll eventually enable the assassinations of enough politicians that no one would dare hold office. Oh, you he's, already said he's an anarchist. Yeah, yeah. so he <laughs> intends to, for it to destroy all governments everywhere. Uh-huh. And he actually wrote, I believe it will change the world for the better. Shit. Yeah. Um, he said, thanks to this system, a world without wars, dragnet, panopticon-style surveillance, nuclear weapons, armies, repression, money manipulation, and limits to trade Mm -hmm. as firmly within our grasp for but a few bitcoins per person. I also believe that as soon as a few um, politicians get offed and they realize that they've lost the war on privacy, the killings can stop and we can transition to a phase of peace. So it's like, do this horrible thing now to kind of kickstart. Ha! for lack of a better word, a road to a better like life for everyone. Fuck that. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is insane. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's on the, the dark web. <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. Uh, so my second story doesn't, I mean, it does have to do with the dark web. but Yeah, are like, you ready to share your boring story with everyone? <laughs> it's not necessarily an experience, but more has to do with a main brain or the head of, of, of where these things come from. So oh, oh, that's cool. It is a fairly recent story, so much so that uh, most of my information comes from a New Yorker article that was just published just a few days ago. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. Um, I uh, am talking about Hermann Johann Zent at the, uh, and the Traben Traubach bunker. Um, in the mid-1979, in a German town called Traben Traubach, a five-story deep 6,000, oh, 60,000 square feet uh, building was uh, built. Uh, the bunker was built, and it, this is a real thing, like proven to exist. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the bunker was built by the West German Army and made to hold up against a nuclear a- attack. Uh, from 1978 until 2012, the bunker was u- a lot, utilized as the headquarters of the Army's meteorological division. Um, in 2012, the division was then moved elsewhere, and the plot of land that the, that covered the bunker was put up for sale. But there was very few interested in buying that land except for one Dutch Dutchman called Hermann Johan Zent. Holy shit. Now, did they know that the bunker, the five-story deep thing was there? Or did they just see just a plot of No, it, it was the government telling it, you know, like the So they the knew city. it was there. Yeah. Okay. So Zent pr- uh, proposed to the city that he was going to set up a web hosting business at the site of the bunker, but didn't give more much detail than that. Being that nobody else wanted to buy it, it was then sold to him in June of 2013. 
Uh, prior to the purchase, Zent had been running a business called Cyberbunker out of, you guessed it, a bunker in a small Dutch town. Holy shit. Uh, Cyberbunker hosted websites, and it was found that in the late 90s, most of these signs, sites were porn sites. Oh, God. I'm sure there were awful ones. Yeah. After some issues at, and even a fire at Cyberbunker, Zent went, uh, was looking for a new place to move his business, hence the bunker in Germany. Oh, my God. So Zent moved into the German bunker quite literally. Um, he, had a, <laughs> he had a bedroom in the place. And, so so literally. Yeah, yeah. And some of his family members worked for him there. Like his oh, he son, had family? His sons and his wife. Yeah. His wife didn't work there, but his sons worked with him. Oh, yeah. my God. Can you imagine being his kids? Can we go yeah. out and play? Yeah. People started to become suspicious, uh, and a rumor started that he was growing and distributing marijuana from the bunker. Mm. Uh, but that rumor was quickly dispelled after the mayor had visited the bunker and found that there's no evidence of that. All that uh, that were found was the usual equipment that would be found in a place that hosted websites, um, so servers and all that stuff, you know. So, so then people started to become suspicious as to what was on these servers. Exactly, because if he's housing them himself, yeah, mm, that they got to hold something, yeah. something. So in 2015, the German police began an investigation. Oh, holy shit! The cybercrime unit got permission to create a dark website on Tor that would com- complete transactions with Bitcoin. With thousands of dollars of Bitcoin, Cyberbunker was co- contacted asking to rent a server. Oh. In their correspondence, they concluded that Zent's company act- actively helped clients, which they knew were engaged in an illegal activity. Mm. The company even advised them on how to hide their real identity. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. After investigation, it was thought that Cyberbunker uh, was the biggest host to, to illegal websites in Germany and even possibly the world. Wow. On a day in September 2019, everyone who lived at the bunker happened to be out at the same time uh, at a celebration dinner. It was then that the police came to the restaurant and uh, arrested Zent and other people that were with him there. Other authorities were at the bunker where they confiscated 412 hard drives, 473 servers, 65 USB sticks, 61 laptops and computers, and, and some money as well. Oh, my God. 400 servers? Yeah. It How was, much was this dude making? Yeah. Well, that's Shit. the funny thing. A lot of it said that he just evened out. Like, he wasn't making, like, a lot of money. You know? well, oh, my God. I, mean, I guess if you even out, yeah, that's, I, that's still fine. But yeah. having to pay for all that shit. Wow. Yeah. It was found that Cyber Bunker was the host for the world's worst dark websites mm-hmm. um, created solely for the purpose of illegal activities. Court documents revealed around 6,500 sites that were hosted there. Damn. On top of that, many of the people from Cyber Bunker were connected to other people in organized crime. In total, seven people were arrested that day, while six other suspects um, are on the run or yet to be found. Yeah. On April 6th of this year, Zent was indicted. Since his arrest, he has been in prison awaiting trial, which has been delayed until the fall due to COVID-19. Oh, wow. This is a story that will need a future update, definitely. We need to find out what happens to him. So, uh, so this story may not seem that scary or weird, but it just goes to show the reality of the dark web and just how much illegal activity goes on there, you know? Damn. So if you know of the sudden and mysterious purchase of a bunker in your area, be very <laughs> wary. <laughs> oh my God. That's the best boring story I've ever heard. I, I mean, that article on the New Yorker, it, it wasn't, what do you call them? Like an expose. It was just huge. Oh, and you got to pick and choose what you got to <laughs> yeah. find. That's fascinating. That's why though. it took me forever today. Wow. Because so, at first I thought maybe he was a, 
conspiracy theorist who thought the world was going to end. But I'm, so that's why he did that. But I'm like, but he's got to connect to other computers. Yeah. But he just wanted the hard drives and stuff right there mm-hmm. because I'm sure he probably had a plan to destroy them if they got raided. He just didn't know it was going to happen yeah. like that. Wow, that's crazy. That's out of a. That's going to be a movie. Yeah, and then it was said that there was, I think, like six hundred authorities involved in like the arrest. And Damn. Then, taking all that stuff because I figured they had to have sufficient evidence to be able to do that oh yeah that's crazy um, wow movie movie so debunk this is where it gets at least a little happier <laughs> so because thank god thank god there's a debunk for red rooms um, because I was I, I saw that and I was like well I'm, I, that's got to be real like I'm sure that shit like that exists and now I do think I mean we watch too many fucking horror movies yes. is what it is yeah. and, I, and I know that I'm sure there's awful stuff out there for real oh absolutely but as far as um, Red Rooms are concerned there was a couple people that are experts in that Red Rooms article in Red Rooms <laughs> And, um, yeah, there was someone who submitted their resume and they have like eight years experience, a doctorate. So in this one person said there were sites I've come across on tour and other networks that claim to be red rooms, but I believe they're all scam um, scams. Um, I think most people's knowledge about this stems from creepy pastas and urban legends. And here's the huge thing. And like, this is the big debunk is that it is practically impossible. They actually said like so difficult, if not impossible to stream live video over tour. And oh, that's really? the thing is that is that it's you know that's the kind of what makes a red room a red room is that it's a live thing. Um, the person here is an expert said I have watched videos on it before, but they have loaded so slowly. Mm-hmm. And so you would thing, think for that being like an advanced network that it would be like crazy fast and like But if you're thinking about all these underground people housing and everything is decentralized, mm-hmm. you're kind of st- as strong as your weakest link and a lot of this is probably going to be poor ass, you know, little hackers or, you know, teenagers or people that don't have tons of money yeah. that are doing this and they're the ones that are, you know, hosting the servers. So I I totally get that cuz I remember the days way back whenever like um, uh, nerd that, speak. Nerd speak. That, like I would go. Sometimes you go to like LimeWire or something. You could download porn oh, and stuff I, on it. I used to download music off. Of yeah, LimeWire. and sometimes it was okay, and sometimes it was fucking ridiculously mm-hmm. slow, and you would wait hours. Yeah. And so that was kind of the if thing. If you wanted a full album, you'd wait all day for it. Yeah, could you imagine <laughs> trying to watch live video over that? Can like, you imagine watching gay porn? Yeah. That? <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> but like, but it, it could never be live because it would it would be the buffer. I would never play. It would never play. Yeah. And so it said, if someone had planned it's like to run a dial site, up on clear internet, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it'd be like, and you just couldn't do it. Is that even if someone had planned to run this site or do something regularly where live videos could, and they do really awful things, mm-hmm. just the horrendous speeds alone would automatically defeat the purpose. So it's basically saying you can make all the arguments you want, mm-hmm. but if you look at it from a logistic perspective that alone makes it where it's not going to work well i feel better about that then (laughs) yeah and and there's more um research that actually suggested that they're a myth it said that they became popular because of traditional and social media you know people write stuff and suddenly it becomes real you know what i mean it's like um tulpas that goes into my creep of the week oh does it really okay so tulpas make red rooms Oh. Um, now, however, there are people that still say that they exist, but I, and to close that little debunk, that all of those people, real or fake, can fuck right off. <laughs> now, the Sasha Nation market. This is where we get to end super, super funny. This is really, really short, but it's so funny. Hmm. So, <laughs> in 2015, the site basically became defunct. Mm-hmm. Um, but the deposit, there were actually deposited Bitcoins, and supposedly for one person, it was up to like seventy five thousand dollars. 
And in um, in 2018, the bitcoins were suddenly cashed out. So I was like, oh, does that mean that someone got paid for, for killing something and that actually happened? However, doing some more research, the assassination market only ever had five targets. <laughs> that's oh that's who were added. Um, all of whom are like, politicians or celebrities. And all of whom are still living, including Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's just a fake out. So basically they said it's more of a cheap gag than anything. And I was like, thank Jesus that that's true. Now, the guy who founded it may have actually had a the more intent. intent yeah. But, you know, and I'm, I think it's funny that someone's like Justin Bieber and people are like, yeah, money. Give you money. That's so ridiculous. So that's the assassination market. Oh, shit. Uh so this probably has to be the hardest believer I had to do. Really? Know? Yeah, because I really can't prove or disprove any of the shit that goes on on the dark web. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I'm sure many stories have become things of urban legend, but that doesn't make any of it at least maybe partially true. You know? Yeah. Uh, the deep and dark web obviously have its, its disadvantages, but in adver- adversely they also have their advantages. It's a place of extreme privacy and protection. A prime example is how your bank handles your accounts online. Essentially, every time you log into your bank account, you're using the de- the deep web, you know, because you have to go through all those firewalls, all that stuff. You know? uh, so now, is this you, or did you find something that said this? There's something that said that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, to quote an article I read, quote, "But the dark web and Tor network are just a are not just a cesspit for criminals. They are also a safe house of whistleblowers, journalists, activists, and those who just want to control their personal data." Hmm. I think the internet alone has become a necessary evil, and so along with that, so have the deep and the dark web. Oh. It is something that is there when we need it, and in some cases, in, in its own way, uh, pro- protects us. We live in a world of ongoing technological advancement, sometimes to a point of what the fuck. But in the end, a lot of it is just that, necessary. You know, The thing is, just much like anything else, uh, we can't trust everything on the internet, and like anything else, people can choose to use it for good or for bad. Mm-hmm. In my research that I have done, I personally don't think it's something that I would need or want uh, would give me any sort of advantage. I, I mean, I can already <laughs> find some weird shit on the clear internet, which I can attest to in researching this episode yes. alone. You know? And all the porn that I need <laughs> is on clear yeah. websites. I really don't think there's any need for me to go deeper. That being said, as with anything, I don't condone it. But if you choose to, proceed with caution. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think that's that's really good. Oh, Okay. So let's move on to something. <laughs> this one's this one, you're gonna like this. Is this creep of the week? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm surprised you haven't texted me about it. So I, I guess you haven't heard about it then. Oh, so, so no listener story this week, and I was going to try to find a story about the dark web, but I could not let this week pass by about the the internet sensation that happened on Friday. Uh, this is about Annabelle the doll. What? You no, know? no, I haven't heard this. As if 2020 wasn't weird enough, on Friday, someone updated her Wikipedia page saying that she had escaped on August 14th, 2020 at 3 a.m. from the Warrens Museum. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. The internet went fucking insane, and this, of course, went viral. So what happened is that there was an interview with Annabelle Wallace, who was in the movie Annabelle, who was describing the scene in her newest movie in which a mummy escapes. Well, Chinese social media mistranslated what she said and translated it as Annabelle the doll, not the actress, ha! escaped. Oh, my God. And so someone went and updated Wikipedia because of this? Yeah. So Tony Spera, the curator and the son-in-law of the Warrens, in response posted a video on YouTube to prove that the doll is still well secured in her case. Oh, 
my god <laughs> yeah, needless that's the greatest thing say, yeah needless to say now there are tons of memes floating around the internet about annabelle's escape and i'm <laughs> totally here for it so if you have any good ones send them to us oh my god there's got to be a whole page of that that's amazing no i've never heard that <laughs> yeah it was, that's so funny it was like blowing up on friday it was so funny so wow oh well, that was a. Uh, actually that wasn't that was that was I mean, it's really interesting, but it's it wasn't so horrible. He- it was heavy though. It was heavy. I mean, it was heavier, yeah. but at least there was some interesting and kind of fun yeah. stuff to it. Yeah. So, um, I want to plug something. Um, you know about this as well. Um, in October, we'll be part of an event hosted by All the Horror, in which every day they release an episode of different of a different podcast for uh, every day of the month of October. Each of them being horror themed. Along with that, for their event, they are raising money for the organization Scares That Care. If you're not familiar with that, Scares That Care was founded by Joe Ripple in 2007, uh, which he started as a tribute to a friend's daughter who succumbed to terminal illness. Mm. Initially, it began with the goal of raising $10,000 per year for organizations like Make-A-Wish and Kennedy Krieger Institute. Um, The mission was first designed to help those fighting breast cancer or childhood illness, but has since then expanded by Kane Hodder, who played Jason in Friday the 13th. Uh, to take over his burn survivor program. Wow. Uh, so with that being said, it is a worthy cause. And if you can, uh, please donate. Uh, we'll put all the links to the information in our show notes. And as always, uh, please send us your story, either typed or a voice memo to bspodphx at gmail.com and be one of our creeps of the week. So uh, you can find us on most pl- uh, podcast platforms by searching bspodphx um, and on Facebook, Instagram, What's that? Twitter. Twitter. That's the one. <laughs> By searching BS Pod PHX. <laughs> he was just talking about how excited he was about the number of followers we had. And then bam. That's funny. And then as always, my books, The Gay Teen's Guide to Defeating a Siren, are available. Um, book three is more than halfway through the third draft. It's gonna be out this year. Um, actually stay tuned for the the launch date announcement. So yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yay. Well, everyone, um, stay safe out there. Uh, clean out your browser. <laughs> Get clear your browser. I, I definitely hope we're not on any list now of all the shit we've been after that. Oh, I had to look up some stuff. Did you? <laughs> not not that bad. Oh, my. I had to go onto the dark web. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and so, yeah. But if anyone actually has been on there and can confirm or deny or any just of give us stuff, your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Give us that. Send us like a creep of the week for that and we'll feature you and thank you. Yeah. And so with that, everyone. Have fun surfing and bye. See you again next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.